Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Tuesday edition of The Drive. And as we come on the air, here come some raindrops. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it got dark all of a sudden. Uh, I, was, I was out working in the yard trying to get some underbrush trimmed. And I only got about half of it done, man. I'll tell you what. I miss my old beat-up mower that I could just raise and run over all that stuff with a, uh, with, with a weed whacker. It takes way too much time. Uh, but I thought, I'll get the rest of it done after the show. Uh, not if we get any of the stuff that looks like it's coming right here. Not unless, the, not unless that dome finishes in the next yeah, couple of hours. On my, at, in my backyard. At Cameron yeah. Manor. I'm telling you, it is, it is dark. Uh, well, it, it, we went from spring. It, this is like summer. It's 80-something degrees, humid, and a chance of afternoon thunderstorms. So that's, that's what we're looking at. But, uh, but we're all, we're all uh, comfy here inside the studio on the Tuesday drive. For now. Keep, keep in mind what I... Well, I'm... I mean, we're inside. Hopefully the roof and everything holds up for us. Well, no, but I'm not sticking around the whole show, remember? No, that's I'm... true. What's the weather look like over in uh, Montgomery? So Riverwalk Stadium right now. I'm going to go check out Troy and Alabama uh, tonight at Riverwalk Stadium in Montgomery. And uh... Yeah, you bammer. He's got his Trojan gear on. I got the on. Trojan gear on. I, I mean, get some that's face... Troy Trojan gear. Face, FaceTime with Dr. Uh, Dr. Jack Hawkins, the, uh, the, 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 the president, the chancellor. Yes, of Troy chancellor. University, the, the mm-hmm. great, the great chancellor, uh, Dr. Jack, uh, Dr. Dr. Uh, Dr. Octopus, as, as I like to call him. Uh, the uh, uh, so, so the weather tonight is uh, partly cloudy, thirty percent chance of rain. Really That's through, all right. through the rest of the night. Hopefully, we can get it done. I was a little bit nervous because the storms I saw driving, mean, the weather I saw driving in, uh, just to just to the station. You know, mm-hmm. if, if it looks like that. Over the over the stadium, you'd be yeah, you'd be very worried. And, and you know, hopefully they can get a game in tonight. I know it's uh, exciting. Talking to Barry McKnight earlier today. Uh, speaking of folks associated with the Troy program, mm-hmm. Barry says hello. By oh, the good. way, as cool. always, yeah. so, someone who also I have not yeah have, haven't had a chance to talk to him. Haven't seen him in a while. I think so. uh, I think you guys have both entered uh, the uh, grandparent stage in recent uh, in, in in the. Well, I know I have. I know, but I, I think that's something. He has, <laughs> I, well, no, I, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's his first. That's that thing. I, I don't oh, know if okay. he entered it or if, if he's if he had if he's been a grandparent before. But yeah, so Barry's had some exciting things happening in the last few months as well. On top of uh, being able to call a championship season for Troy uh, football and uh, the. Uh, Troy baseball teams had some great moments this year, including a win at Plainsman Park right. earlier this year. Barry got mm-hmm. to be on hand for that. Barry's going to be there tonight. And uh, uh, talking yeah, about that Barry, was just a couple of weeks ago. That's right, just a couple of weeks ago. And so Troy looking to beat Alabama after beating Auburn uh, earlier mm-hmm. this year in, in a series. Yeah, on the road. and Troy, I believe, is thirty uh, second in the latest RPI. Auburn twenty eighth, Alabama, I think eighteen. Yeah, so a win would be yeah, it would be big a nice a nice notch for Troy not just for the bragging rights of beating uh, a oh a, no a but, fair conference but for, school in the state but but for their postseason possibilities absolutely that's that's a tough league too I mean that that is a that's one of the 
you know, we think of the Power Five and the major conferences and all that. There are not five better leagues than the Sun Belt in college baseball, right? I mean, you look and they're, they're between, well, you've got Southern Miss, you've got South Alabama, you've got Coastal Carolina, you've got James Madison. Like, those programs have all had uh, exceptional uh, national championship caliber you know, type of seasons before, uh, and now Troy's also in there competing. Both of the teams in the state of Georgia uh, have, uh, have, have had uh, strong runs, so yeah, that's, a, that's a good league, and uh, uh, the, uh, yeah, it should, should be fun tonight at Riverwalk, Troy, and Alabama. So Dan will be heading over there for hour number two. We will have, uh, I'll have Jake Crane from Crane and Company on at the bottom of hour number two. Now our normal Tuesday first hour guest, Barrett Salee, uh, texted, and uh, he's helped coaching his son's Little League team, and they're in the playoffs. So uh, they've got a game uh, this afternoon right as we normally would have him on. So I told him, good luck, and we'll talk to him you know, next week if they're not playing a game then. So uh, a lot for us to talk about. I mean, Auburn has added a commitment since uh, we left the air yesterday, a guy that we talked about, offensive lineman, Jaden Muskrat, uh, formerly of Tulsa, comes and joins his former teammate Dylan Wade and his former head coach, Philip Montgomery at Auburn. It'll be interesting to see where Jared, uh, where Jaden Muskrat winds up, what position he winds up at. He was a right tackle for Tulsa last year with Dylan Wade as his, you know, bookend on the other side at left tackle. And Dylan Wade uh, looked like Looks like he is locked down the left tackle spot for Auburn coming out of the spring. Uh, but Muskrat is 6'3", 307, which is more guard size. Now, don't know, though. I mean, maybe he maybe he comes in and goes to tackle and, and Gunnar Brenton moves in. Or maybe he moves inside. A lot of speculation that he could move inside. But he gives Auburn another experienced offensive lineman, he has at least two years of eligibility. He might actually have three, but uh, he was listed by Tulsa as a redshirt junior this spring. So he has at least two years of eligibility. And that's the other big pickup there on the offensive line that Auburn had been looking for. That doesn't mean they won't um, they won't add another guy. Markel Bell is the junior college behemoth that we've talked about, and I wouldn't be surprised if Auburn adds him as well. What, what did you say about his Muskrat's eligibility again? Um, Tulsa lists him as a redshirt junior, but uh, last year was his third year out of high school, right? And uh, he, didn't, he didn't play in 2020. 2021, I think he played in four games. So he played in... Uh, Tulsa's bio does not update with the 2022 season. So according to Tulsa, he redshirted and played in four games as a true freshman class of 2020. And okay. Then, oh, okay. Maybe, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe what I read was referring to 2020 as opposed to 2021. So in 2020, he played in four games but took a redshirt. Right. Well, and, and everybody can get a redshirt for 20 anyway. Right. And then in 2021, he played in four games limited due to injury. If I guess in theory, if you wanted, to yeah, try that's to what chase I'm saying. Again? It, it might, he might, but it, but he for sure has two years, and then played in 2022 right. as well. Yes, so I I would think that with the red shirt and then 21, 22, 23, 24 plus a COVID year, yeah, 
I would think that he's got three years of eligibility, that, no that's doubt. That's what I So I, I, the, easy, the safest thing is for sure two, yeah, at well, least two. See, I'm, I'm fairly certain of three because of the COVID year. Now, here's the thing, though, is that was that was a little crackle in our headset and then a thunder, oh, yeah. thunderbolt outside. Um, thunderbolt and lightning. Uh, but, but then the, uh, uh, I guess the question would then be, could he chase... A fourth year because of the injury. I don't think so. Keeping him in twenty twenty ones, but but it, and and who knows? Who knows if he wants to play college? No, football. but I mean the thing is, he has anyway. multiple years of eligibility, and I believe I believe it is something like uh, twelve of the transfers that Auburn has brought in have multiple years of eligibility. So that's really good. So that's un, that is the sort of the final piece that Auburn was looking for there on the offensive line. But again, I said don't rule out Auburn adding Markel Bell, who is more you know he. Uh, is a freshman who is eligible to transfer from junior college, so he'd have three years of eligibility and could still redshirt. So, um, so don't be surprised there. Auburn's still obviously in the market for a couple of receivers, um, a linebacker, maybe even a safety. But uh, but we'll see. But things have been going really well after after a slow start. And I know some people were, oh, is Auburn ever going to add anybody? Yeah, it's, it's, it's coming pretty quickly now from the transfer portal. I want to be careful about projecting too much, but I would think uh, that he slots in as one of the two starting guards immediately. Maybe there's competition. Well, not having, not having played guard, I just wonder if he'll immediately be able to slot in as a starting guard. Maybe, but between, I mean, with Wade and Britton, you you would think Auburn has its two that appeared to be tackles. starting tackles. Maybe Muskrat pushes one of those two to be a starter at a tackle spot. Maybe he's the third tackle. Maybe he's fighting to be one of those two guards. Maybe he could be both. You know, he could push push at both tackles. If he's not the starting tackle, then maybe he could slide in. Then he'd slide sure. inside. Which I is mean, sort of I was skipping a step yeah. there by making him one of the two guards. But I think now you've got if, if Auburn wants to let Connor Lou focus on being the backup center. Then Auburn has four guards, or or playing his playing few enough games to be able to maintain a year of eligibility. Right, but I mean, but if he's not, if if he doesn't slot in as one of the top two guard options, right? Like we now, Auburn has Cam Stutz, and who you else got would, you got Jeremiah Wright, Tate Johnson, and Cam. Yeah, Stutz. Jeremiah Wright and Tate Johnson, I guess, would be on the same side too. So those three plus now Jade Muskrat. Yeah, maybe yeah that battling. gives you four guys um, that have experience. Yeah. That, that you're looking at there inside at guard. Four guys for two spots, potentially. Right. And then uh, who, who else? Isavian Miller is a third, is another tackle. Isavian Miller could be the next tackle up, assuming Jade Muskrat has a spot at one of the two guard. You know, if, yeah, if, and if he had, he's playing and one and two guard spots. I think Langlo was the other, was the other guy. Could also move Muskrat outside if something right. happened to one of your two tackles. Well, you got a lot of flexibility, guys yeah. that have played. You know, it's sort of like we've talked about in basketball with some of those guys. But I think a really, really nice pickup. And yesterday, you know, while we were on the air yesterday, until until Brian noticed the uh, the tweet from Jake Thornton, uh, it it was starting to feel like, well, it might be tough to keep Jaden Muskrat from going to Arkansas since he's a native of Bentonville, Arkansas. He, uh, uh, you know, you've got Sam Pittman there as the head coach, and they appeared to have an opening as well. So, I mean, I think that, again, 
Oh, from the moment from the moment Muskrat went in the portal, people were connecting to Arkansas, Arkansas. because it's his home school or home state. Home state. He's, he's Sam a, Pittman and playing time. He's a, he's a Bentonville guy, which I believe right. is is correct me if I'm wrong. That's a Walmart town. It is. That is right? the home of Sam Walton. Yeah, that, that's the Walmart yes. town. So he, I mean, he's not just an Arkansas guy. He's a yeah. ben, he's a Bentonville Arkansas guy. Yep. I imagine there was. You know, maybe not like it used to be, but there was pressure for him to maybe come home and and help out sure. the, help out the hogs. You know, if if, if he could, uh, but no, he he ends up at a, at Auburn instead. And shout out to sports information departments. Um, you know, media relations. Yeah, because it used to be sports information. Now it's media. Well, relations. you get some. You know, some places are still calling. I know. It sports I know a lot of them though are now media but, relations. But, but the folks, the folks that are uh, compiling the bios and you know the, the you know and often that's. Lower on the totem pole. Oh yeah, pole, usually it's students. Right, right in the bios and, and compound the stuff. Uh, a, a note from Jaden Muskrat's bio at Tulsa. His third cousin was former WBO heavyweight champion, the late Tommy the Duke Morrison. Oh, Tommy Morrison, who was the villain Tommy Gunn in Rocky Five, right? Uh, and and was a, a heavyweight. He was, a, he was heavy, a bleeder, though. He, he was and, and a heavy, and, and a and a heavyweight champion who, who yeah. fought I some. Mean, I would know. I'm, a, I'm, I'm fought some fought some top. Now. Yeah, fought some top guys. Oh yeah, uh, man, a tough guy. Yeah, no question. Uh, yeah, um, and, you know, there, there's a. I know he fought Foreman, who's you know mm-hmm. among among some of the most famous guys uh, that, that he was ever well, able he, to. Uh, he fought a lot of fighting, and, and his, yeah, his distant cousin of cool. of Jaden Muskrat, Auburn's new signing the offensive lineman from Tulsa. Yeah, 63307. Uh so so Auburn uh is for all intents and purposes done there on the offensive line. Uh but but again, they they take another one if they can get Markel Bell. All right, so what let's see. That means just since what? Thursday, well, just in the last week it's been uh Jalen McLeod, Peyton Thorne, Caleb Burton, and Jaden Muskrat. So that that's pretty good over the uh, over the last week, right? And, and Auburn expected, I mean, I think Auburn expected to make additions in the portal, and they were hoping to land someone at one of the three or four spots. And I think between edge rusher, quarterback, and interior offensive line, I mean, they've landed. I, I mean, I guess, I mean, the, the the Ohio State wide receiver would would fit. I mean, they've they've addressed the key spots. Have they addressed all of them with guys that figure to be? Impact day one starters? Maybe not. Maybe there's going to be competition and a rotation going on. But but I think they definitely have have you know they've they've added to a roster that they'd already rebuilt through the first transfer portal window and the uh, and and the subsequent uh, weeks and months of of recruiting that Hugh Freeze was able to do. Yeah, there's. I mean, it has been. Impressive to say the where, least. Where do you have those four on the Bill Cameron depth chart right now? Um, McLeod. I mean, I sort of have him right now as um, as a pass rush specialist. That's sort of what he was at Appalachian State. Although, is that its own position, or is that? Yeah, I, th- I think it is. I think third down or passing situations, he's going to be in there. Do you have a backup? At that position, or do you just have? Is he the only one who on the on the roster? That no, I mean I've, I've got Keldrick Falk there too. Okay, Keldrick yeah. Falk is is a guy that could be a a first down and a third down if they want to play multiple guys. Um, now you go see. too deep on this thing mostly, right? Do you or do you, do you push oh, it to three? Oh, I've, yeah, I've, well, I go all the way. I guess all the way. Just to have every. I've got everybody on the roster. Everyone represented, placed in there somewhere. Brenton and Elijah Brent, McAllister would also yeah, be. Elijah McAllister may be your. Opening game starter there at the edge, 
and I think he's a set-the-edge kind of guy. Keldrick Falk is the, man, he's the wild card, the, the freshman with uh, such a high ceiling. You just don't know. I mean, I, I, I hesitate to put him at the top of the depth chart right now, but McLeod, I think, is going to play. He's going to play a lot. Peyton Thorne, I've got him penciled in at number one right now. Caleb Burton, I've got him, you know, there with behind Javarius Johnson in a slot. Is where I've got is where I have Caleb Burton, and then uh, today I penciled in Jaden Muskrat uh, at right at right guard is where I've got him at uh, number one at right guard uh, ahead. I've got him there with uh, I guess Cam Stutz there at right guard, and then Jeremiah Wright and Tate Johnson at the left guard. But that that's about. Where, where I would have a That's where I mean, we saw them for the most part this spring. And since I figured since he was a right tackle, it would make it would be easier to move just in and stay on that same there's side. Little, there's a little predicting going on in there, though, because I think if, if I had to ask you between Jeremiah Wright, Cam Stutz, and Tate Johnson, if one of them is starting at guard opening day. If he's healthy, Jeremiah Wright. I think so too. Yeah. So yeah. And, and that and that would and that's represented on the depth chart as yeah, far as that's it, where, know, where, where where it probably could be. Oh, what, what did you end up doing with the Ohio State wide receiver? You put him. I've got him behind uh, Javarius Johnson in the slot. In the slot, and then mm-hmm. is Coy in there? I've got Coy. Or just Coy, Coy no, I've got, no, I've got Coy outside. Okay. I've got uh, uh, Camden Brown and and uh, Nick Mardner probably at the same spot. And I got you know Peyton Peyton Thorns. Number number one, I've got I, him if, at the top. If I had to guess too, just I mean yeah. that that kind of track just because record because of the experience. Yeah, he I mean he, he could get he could be beaten out, but mm-hmm. uh, he's yeah, I can he's, go, the fa- he's the favorite yeah. at the moment. I, I I was thinking I may go over the whole depth chart that I've got here a little later on. We'd love to hear from you though. Anything on your mind here on this rainy Tuesday afternoon? Just getting underway. Hour number one of the drive brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn dot com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And they're also the sponsor of our hotline. And you can get through by calling 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box. Presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. Let's get to our first break. Love for you to join in here on the Tuesday Drive. My joints aren't what they used to be. Routine exercise, playing ball outside with the kids, riding bikes on vacation. I never worried about keeping up. But now, my joint pain has started slowing me down. I decided to make an appointment with the orthopedic clinic. Their surgical partners had the experience, technology, and personalized approach to care that I was looking for. Best of all, it was close to home. I'm thankful I chose the orthopedic clinic. Don't let joint pain slow you down. Visit theorthoclinic.com and schedule your appointment today. The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. We're getting a uh, we're getting a pretty good rain here 
on this Tuesday. We needed it. It hadn't rained in a, in a few days, so that's okay. Just hopefully, um, you know, nothing too severe. Welcome in, everybody. Love to hear from you. Uh, anything on your mind, sports-wise, you want to talk a little more portaling? We're still waiting to see, you know, what happens. And it may be a while for basketball now. Uh, football, I don't know. I mean, we mentioned yesterday a couple of the receivers, and I think pr- it feels like the next the next player to commit to Auburn football may be Montana Lamonius Craig. Uh, I think, you know, you see a lot of people projecting him to Auburn. The uh, former Colorado receiver who was the star of their spring game uh, with, with uh, um, a 98-yard touchdown catch. I think he had 23 receptions last year for uh, about 15 yards a catch. Um, and three touchdowns for a bad Colorado offense. He's another 6-2 receiver, gets you, gives you a little length. Um, I think right now Auburn has 10 receivers. When you look at the depth chart, I think they would like to be three deep if they, you know, if they go at four different receivers. So I think they want two more receivers, and uh, Montana Lamonius Craig would be one uh, and then, Montana Lamonius Craig also seems like a guy who would compete for snaps. Immediately. Yeah, oh, I think so. Like Auburn, I think later in the game, if the numbers look like this, Auburn could take a receiver, believing, okay, well, maybe there's going to be a long learning curve, but he could help out in 2024 and beyond. Mm-hmm. Right now, I think Auburn looks at the receivers the way Hugh Freeze was talking about his receivers all spring. Right, you would get the impression Auburn's. If if there's someone in the portal that profiles as a person that would start very quickly, at, if they if they came to Auburn, Auburn's going to be after that person at receiver, and and that's been that that you know that, that I don't know how many of those receivers there have been in the portal thus far, but immediately there were connections between Auburn and Lamonius Craig, and now yeah, I mean it's, it feels like Auburn's the favorite at at the moment, but. That that could that that could change based on, uh, you know, what happens between now and his decision. Oh sure. Now uh, he's uh, he's a six two hundred eighty five pounder, originally out of uh, Inglewood, California. Uh, yeah, it was twenty three catches for three hundred and fifty nine yards, fifteen point six per reception last year, and three touchdowns. He's a junior with two years of eligibility left. He, uh, he, he had a huge spring game. Oh, yeah. Right? That's, that's yeah, he had a 98-yard touchdown catch. 98-yard touchdown catch, I believe, from Deion Sanders' son. Yeah, the, uh, you know, that was, that was that, Yeah, that was one of the touchdown passes thrown by uh, Shadur mm-hmm. in, the, uh, in, in the spring game for Colorado. And, uh, yeah, that, that's somebody who, as soon as he went into the portal, I mean, he looked like he was going to be one of Colorado's top options at wide receiver. Oh, I think Colorado thought he was going to be one Colorado of their top thought, options. Colorado thought, yeah, I think so, too. And then he decides to go into the portal instead, and now they're uh, – uh, and. And he, he could be somebody else's top option or one of their top options at wide receiver. And I think he would probably, uh, you know, what one would think he would immediately, like we were saying, he'd, he'd compete, he'd compete from from day one uh, at, at Auburn if, if that's the if that's the choice. Yeah. Now, um, and I, I I think he is one that could you know could make an announcement any day. So keep an eye there. And then the other guy we talked about a little yesterday, Jair Shorter. Uh, who is from North Texas? Interesting. Auburn is is really pursuing two North Texas players. They're shorter. The uh, the big receiver, six two two eighteen, who averaged twenty seven yards a catch last year, 
And then his teammate, Larry Nixon, is a middle linebacker that a lot of schools, including Auburn, are after. We've wondered about linebacker as a position where if, if there was somebody with a lot of experience that jumped into the portal and Auburn thought they had a chance. You know, Auburn was after Jaheim Thomas, the linebacker from Cincinnati who ended up choosing Arkansas. And we've gone over, uh, we've gone over the experience level at linebacker for Auburn right now. Right. And uh, while they have... Uh, I, I I blank on this always. Is they have Austin Keys? Keys is the one who's played. Austin Keys is yes. He is the experienced State? Ole Miss. He's the experienced. Um, yeah, isn't it? I thought it was State. See, I thought I was always wrong saying State, and it was Ole Miss. Um, but Austin Keys and Maybe West right. Steiner, right. yeah, came came out of the spring at the ones with. Um, Robert Woodyard and man, why am I blanking on Cam Riley? Cam Riley, thirteen. I was going six five two thirty. We're not doing this 13. with the depth chart in front. No, of No, I don't have any of it in front of me. I blanked on Cam's name, uh, but those were your top four linebackers coming out. But Larry Nixon is a very good inside linebacker that Auburn uh, would would uh, would love to have, and I believe he may be visiting this weekend. So Auburn would love to pick up a Did pair. All- from North Did Texas. Auburn get a transfer from Mississippi State? Or am I blanking on that? Am I, am I thinking like because there was the they they were after Ra Ra, and they were yeah, after so. and they were after the running back who would have been a really right. it would have been a really mm-hmm. interesting addition. Dylan Johnson, uh, you know who who went in the portal had that kind of ugly blow up with Coach Leach yeah. like, right right before uh, Coach Leach's. Uh, the, the sudden pass. Yes, right, right before, yeah. the, right before Coach Leach uh, passed away. Uh, but, but the uh, no, no. For for some reason, I I always blank on on Austin. Now, and then there's from LSU, right? That's Demario Tolan. Demario Tolan, who big time prospect. Right, he's a youngster. Didn't play played more special right. teams than anything else. Mm-hmm. Could be a longer term project. Oh, I, I think he, yeah, I think he has a chance to be really uh, something. But he still has to develop. Probably has to fill out a little bit. All right. Uh, Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We'll try Yellow- yeah, let's get to Yellowhammer before we get to our bottom of the hour break. Hey, Yellowhammer. Hey, afternoon. Uh, so it's raining, and I thought I need to pump some sunshine. And here's what I'm talking about. All right. A year ago, I was depressed. I was thinking, Oh my God, we're in on a. For as far as Auburn football, we're we're on a two or three year slog out of a dark hole. But sure. Here I am. It, well, it sure felt that way once things got going last year, didn't it? Oh, yeah. But now I'm thinking, no, this is the most amazing turnaround I've ever seen. I know it wouldn't have been possible without the uh, transfer portal. You're but right about what that. Hugh, what, what Hugh Freeze has done is uh, the biggest turnaround I can recall ever for a football team. It's like an automobile going from zero to 60 in three seconds. It's just amazing. See, I, I thought of last year as when you see an experiment and you're not, you, you don't think it's going to work. But you're like, well, let's let let's let it play out. Let's see what happens, and then we'll know if it's going to work or not. And boy, we knew, right? And, but we but, know uh, now. But it was no, and and it was amazing because it really was. Correct me if I'm wrong, Bill. It really was the second half of the Penn State game, where just like over the course of about fifteen twenty minutes, I yeah. Look, I I admit it. I mean, I kept wanting to believe that oh that that's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Um, Brian Harson talked as good a game and appeared that things were, you know, that, that he understood some things and learned some things from that first year. 
and I was wrong. That was and that was the moment. I think for, oh, for, yeah. for a lot of people, that was the moment where it was like yeah, with, oh, yeah. watching the team in the second half against Penn State. It was like, oh, this is this thing we have we have launched it into the air, and we have no way of bringing it down. Yeah. It is this going to end one way. My, my big downer was the Mississippi State game where the defense stayed in the same darn old lineup, and that guy who was the Mississippi State quarterback just had an, a record-smashing day passing, and we never adjusted. And I was thinking, oh, God, this is the most horrible defensive performance I've seen in years. <laughs> and oh, sure. I mean, you, but that was, that was year one. I mean, that team had, you know, had, had, a, you know, had momentum going into – you're talking about the Mississippi State game in 20 – 21. We lost it. Yeah, we lost it. Uh, and uh, their quarterback, I can't rem- remember his name, but he had an amazing day. It was a, a record-smashing day. They passed us to death, and we never stopped them. And, and you know, we stayed in the same defensive alignment, three down guys rushing, and they never got any pressure whatsoever. It was just it was driving me crazy to watching it. Yeah. Oh sure, no. I mean, there, there were a lot of folks that you know that that moment. Although, uh, again, I think Harson can even in, even in that moment, right? There's, I think he was he's more known for his offense than his defense. But uh, mm-hmm. but but I, no, I know what you mean. I think that was a that was a game where a lot of folks sort of appreciate the phone call, Yellowhammer. Um, uh, that was that was one of the that was one of the signs. That was really the beginning of the end when you think about it, because that was, I mean, that was the, that was the last Ponix start. Wasn't it? I mean, that's the game where he got injured. Say it was, yeah. And, and then, I mean, from that point on, it was. A, a oh yeah, you're right. It was it, decidedly it was, different. It was downhill fast after that. Yeah. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in here on the Tuesday Drive. Turn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls. Dan around for another 20, 25 minutes or so, heading over to uh, to Montgomery to Riverwalk to watch uh, Troy and Alabama. Meanwhile, Auburn is up at um, Regions to take on Sanford tonight. Yeah, some uh, you know, late, late in the season, some midweek college baseball, in-state action yeah. for, uh, for both programs. Auburn's just got... The uh, the two series left in conference play. What is it? It's the uh, this weekend is yeah. You got fifty six regular fifty six games, and uh, they're like uh, eight left. It, it's uh, Auburn's at Missouri. Two yeah. Auburn's Auburn's uh, is it at Missouri home against Ole Miss, or, or is it not Missouri? Did I screw that up? No, those are the two teams. I think that's the order, right? Is it they're at Missouri? They're at. I, I think they're at Ole Miss and then Missouri at home. Oh, that right? might be right. Yeah, they're at Ole Miss this weekend. Yeah. That's right. Okay, that's two, that's, that's two segments in a row. I got something wrong in right. Ole Miss. Uh, but but yeah, so you got the the two um, regular season series and two non conference games left to get you to fifty six games. Right, and Auburn 
surging. You know, we were afraid of what the second half could bring for Auburn because of the, uh, I think especially LSU and South Carolina looming on the schedule. And Auburn, uh, sure enough, Auburn beats both of those teams, wins two series in a row. Mm-hmm. First time this season, right? Auburn has won two series in a row in conference play. Auburn's won three series in a row now because they beat uh, Mississippi State before that. And, uh, uh, and, and they're... I believe they're the only team to have beaten two top five teams. Um, right. Stoltz wrote a Stoltz wrote it for AuburnSports.com and said uh, they're peaking at the right time. Is, oh, is no, way, no question. That's what it. Butch Thompson's teams, you know, have done, and and it's great to see the pitching coming around. So, so yeah, I mean, it. it uh, but as we were talking with uh, Justin Kirby yesterday, I mean, here's the thing: Auburn can't Auburn can't be enjoying the win over LSU as they head head over to Oxford because Auburn's 5 and 10 on the road this year. Couple a uh, couple human polls taking notice of Auburn baseball. Yeah, I saw as Auburn well. was 25 in baseball America. 25 in baseball America, 23 in the new perfect game poll. So Auburn is uh you know as as a uh, what they they're creeping creeping back in to those uh, uh to, to the top 25s in college baseball with a little bit of a uh, little bit of time before the season ends. So uh so yeah, that's um we mentioned the, we we mentioned Landon King. I think earlier in the show we were talking about Auburn players in the portal or out of the portal. I don't he, think we mentioned him. Maybe we, maybe we haven't mentioned him. He, he is he is uh, he has has picked a school. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I've not seen that. He's going to Utah. He's he has announced oh, okay. that Landon King will uh, will, will be playing in, in Salt Lake City uh, for at least this year in his college in his college football career. Uh, former Auburn uh, receivers. That's two. Auburn receivers going to the Pac-12. Uh, Chick Dawson going to Colorado. Right. Landon King going to Utah. Hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, there's still a few of them that don't have landing spots yet. Still a few players, I believe. Yeah, let me let me check on that. Yeah, we'll, we'll look. We'll look at the uh, Auburn has had. I think somebody uh, somebody mentioned this. I think Auburn said 19 players transfer out and 16 players transfer in, and uh, and that pretty much um, has has Auburn. I've got Auburn. I think it's 78. Possibly as many as eighty scholarships, depending on whether Sean Jackson and uh, Jake Levant are renewed. All right. So of the the uncommitted players using twenty four sevens portal tracker, Landon King announcing that he's going to Utah. So starting with players who announced that they were in the portal in December, right? Joko Willis, Jordan Ingram, and Marquise Robinson are all still in the portal, according to twenty four seven. Okay. Uh, now, this, now, has this maybe not been updated for a while, or do you think? No, I, I haven't seen anything on on any of those. What guys. about Cameron Brown? Um, yeah, he, remember he he's school? going to Chattanooga. That's right. He's, he he's going UTC. to grad school at Chattanooga. So this might be old. Uh, Powell Gordon? No, he is not. And a matter of fact, I saw somebody ask about that because it's interesting that all of the players that have entered the portal are no longer showing on Auburn's roster. With the exception of Powell Gordon, Powell huh. Gordon is still showing. At least he was this morning. To be still Chia- on the Auburn on the Auburn roster. To be Chiacoli, uh went into the portal uh, back in, uh, in uh, about a, about a week ago, week and a half ago. Dylan Brooks. Yeah, those guys went in right at the right at the end. Uh, Landon King went in the portal right around the same time, announcing he's going to Utah. Colby Smith and T.J. Finley. I guess those are those are uncommitted players. Yeah, so that's what portal. I mean. Auburn's got a few guys. I mean, there, there's still plenty of players in the portal. <laughs> Now I wonder. I wonder how many players have been in the portal since December, and really were hoping to be playing football this year. That would be. I mean, that 
that's sort of a, that, that, you know, you're, that's a tough list to be on if you're, you know, if you're on a list, if you went in the portal in December and still haven't found a place and you're hoping to be able yeah, to I mean, play ball. I mean, some Auburn players that have found homes uh, since jumping into the portal, Tavares Dawson, uh, Chick's going to uh, Colorado, uh, Desmond Tisdall is going to FAU, Jeffrey Emba is going to Purdue. Let's see here. Um, Craig McDonald is going. Is he going back to Minnesota? Uh, no, he's going to Minnesota. Uh, he was at uh, Iowa State. Iowa State. That's right. He was at Iowa State, but he's a native of Minnesota, so he's going back home. That's right. He's going. He's going back to Minnesota from Minnesota originally. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the the Iowa State transfer and is that that might be all as far as Auburn players that have picked a yeah I think it is a new destination yeah yeah so well good luck to all those guys. Um, but, but yeah, uh, Auburn looking to add a few more, and they have room. Auburn's got at least five spots available. All right, if you had, if you could just pick the five spots you wanted to cover right now, what would they be? If you've got, you got five scholarships, I'd say, all right, Dan, you got five scholarships. How are you going to fill them? I would probably want two receivers. Is that is that maybe going too far? Uh, no, I think that's I think that's fair. Two receivers with five spots. I'm gonna fill up. I'm gonna fill up all five. I'm gonna go to two, eighty-five. Two receivers, an edge rusher, yes. maybe an inside linebacker, yes. and that leaves you one spot. And the only other spot that I that I do you want to bring heard. another offensive lineman or? Ooh, that's that's right. You've got. I mean, I've heard of Auburn. Uh, being interested perhaps in another safety, but then they've got Markel Bell, yeah. the big junior college offensive lineman, coming in this week. And it, you know, doesn't it feel like either? And, and I don't. I'm not even. I go back and forth on on which one. But between that's the, a 16th offensive lineman, or do you, if you can, uh, bring in a safety that might be able to help you this year? What's more important? But between between, I mean, first of all, at safety, they feel like Kaufman and Simpson. They have, they have something, right? If, if Kaufman is, I mean, Kaufman's not playing nickel that much, is he? Isn't, isn't that Keontae Scott? No, no, he's, Scott? he's actually, he's playing, he's playing more nickel than he's playing safety. Oh, so where's Keontae? Is Keontae there? Keontae, at nickel I've got Keontae one at the nickel and, and Kaufman two. Oh, interesting. See, I, I would think that Kaufman and Simpson might slot it as was, your, 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 but, your, but they, but, your, your safeties this spring were Zion and Jalen. Okay. And then there's also bridges and wooden right behind them. Mm-hmm. See, I almost feel like like bridges or wooden might be pushing for some time. I too. think that, I think they are, but that's why I think you yeah. might want to bring in another, mm. especially cover safety type, Marquise Gilbert too. Yeah, don't forget about Marquise. You're absolutely right. Don't forget about Marquise Gilbert. I, Either an offensive lineman or a safety. Like I could be talking. Yes, into first it, but come, first serve yeah, on that. Like I, I would think so, but I could also see why. Um, may, maybe they would want, to, depending on what else. I mean, it's crazy to think that there could be five new players as your five starting offensive linemen. Like that, you bring in five. No, I, th- and, I, th- I think four. I think you're going to get to four. Right. And now, or but you it, could. It may only be three. It may only be three. If there was someone else in the portal that they thought could compete to be the starting a starting guard, yeah, I, I don't. I, I wonder. I wonder how they would approach. Well, I mean, maybe maybe they've silently been doing anything, but I mean, the only other offensive lineman I think that Auburn's on right now is Markel Bell, the junior college player with three years of eligibility, who more a project. But but if he and but, but he would fill one of those five spots. Yeah, and that he would, be, would. That would be an offensive lineman. He could fill a spot. And that would be that's what I'm saying with with these last five spots. Do you um, do you opt for someone who's going to 
who you hope can help you this year or someone to help you down the road? I think they're done more or less at quarterback unless I think, uh, un- yes, unless there's I think an unexpected so. you know vacancy or something. I think that they are. Well, even if there is, I don't know yeah. that there's anybody else they're they, going to be able to they go might, and get. I mean that that might an unexpected vacancy now might mean that. Hank Brown is the third string quarterback, right? I mean, it almost true. means you, you could have a true freshman. Mm-hmm. There, there is the third stringer behind uh, Peyton Thorne and whoever else is is there in the first string, uh, first team, and, and the second team in the competition. But no, you're right. That's uh, Auburn is not finished, and we'll see where uh, we'll see where they go. We'll get to our final break of hour number one. Final break with Dan as uh, he's going to head over to Montgomery and catch some baseball. Looks like the weather is clear back west. So that should be good. Love for you to join in here on the Tuesday Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. And we were talking a little uh, baseball. Uh, you know, Dan's headed over to baseball. Auburn uh, Auburn and Sanford playing up in Birmingham. Uh, Troy and Alabama playing in Montgomery tonight. Uh, speaking of baseball, tough news for the Atlanta Braves today. Man, the, the Braves continue to play so well. Best record in the National League. Only the Blue Jays who... Are just ridiculous right now. Twenty nine and seven. The Braves are twenty four and eleven. But today uh, comes word that Max Fried going on the injured list, and this is not expected to be a short stay on the injured list. He is going on with um, forearm pain. Now, usually, I'll tell you what. When when you hear um, a forearm strain. That usually means elbow. That usually uh, that that is generally the forerunner to Tommy John surgery, which Max Fried had. Um, I guess it was about ten years ago. As a matter, of, yeah, it was nine years ago, back in 2014, when he was one of the top prospects in the Padres organization. Now it's not un it's you know it's not uncommon for pitchers to have multiple Tommy John surgeries, but the Braves say right now that they uh, didn't see any um, problems with the elbow. Images showed no concern with his elbow. But uh, he, uh, he is expected to, to miss what the Braves say is a significant amount of time. So that would, that would uh, tend to make you think it's probably going to be somewhere in, at least in the month range. And, I mean, the Braves, it's been amazing uh, they've been able to continue. Bryce Elder has stepped up and been outstanding. Uh, obviously, Spencer Strider is uh, becoming one of the uh, best pitchers in baseball. Charlie Morton, the ageless one, uh, is is there. But, you know, uh, Mike Soroka still hasn't made it back. Kyle Wright is uh, on the injured list as well. A, you know, a 20-game winner last year. Soroka, one of the best pitchers in the majors a couple of years ago. So, I mean, the Braves... Going to have to, you know, rely on on some of the youngsters again. Uh, it looks like Jared Schuster um, may get the start for the Braves tomorrow against the Red Sox. 
Dylan Dodd and Schuster have been up and down. Soroka hasn't been up yet. We'll see if they're uh, ready to start bringing him back. Uh, but uh, the Braves, you know, continue to roll regardless. Um, you know, for a while it looked like, well, the Braves were um, the the Braves were on the verge. It appeared, and there were so many Braves fans saying, "Just just drop Marcelo Zuna. He's doing nothing." And he's hit what five homers in the last ten games or something now. Um, I mean, the Braves are doing all this without some of their big bats really clicking. I mean, Ozuna has hit as many homers as Austin Riley. Uh, I mean, Riley's hitting about 250. If he, you know, make it to the 250 mark, then he'll drop back. Matt Olson's got 10 homers, but he'll get to the 250 mark, then he'll drop back. Uh, I mean, they just, I mean, Ronald Acuna is, is having a tremendous year. And I mean, he's had a couple of near injury scares, but I mean, he continues to, uh, to pound the ball and steal bases like crazy. So, I mean, the Braves, uh, we'll see how they get by without Freed. Obviously, that's going to hurt. But, you know, they've gotten themselves out to a pretty comfortable lead there. Um, they've got, oh, golly, I didn't realize it was that much. Braves, the only team over 500 in the East. They have a seven game lead over the Mets, seven and a half over the Marlins. The Phils, eight, and the Nats, only nine. So, I mean, second place is only two games ahead of last place in the Eastern, uh, in the, in the NL East. But, there's seven games to the front, so the race with a pretty good cushion, and hopefully they get Max Freed back before too long. All right, I know we're approaching the uh, top of the hour break. Um, Dan headed to uh, Montgomery to check out Troy in Alabama. We haven't really talked about basketball. We'll look at the basketball roster, um, sort of how that, you know, the situation is now. Uh, obviously, Auburn waiting for a couple of guys in the um, G League elite tryout or camp. Uh, I mean, one of them, obviously, is Janai Broom, but the other one, Tyron Lawrence, the bandy transfer who Auburn would really, really love and really need to add to the roster. But we'll look at that, and as I said, you know, we can look at the the projected depth chart for uh, for football. Speaking of football, well, and basketball, we got Jake Crane of Crane & Company joining us at the bottom of our number two, which is coming up. So stick with us here on the Tuesday Drive. Dixie Electric Plumbing and Air's newest giveaway is going to help you see the light. Your home is about to get a glow up when you receive $5,000 in new landscape lighting, making you the light of the party all summer long. But don't turn the lights off yet. To brighten your day, we're going to be giving away prizes every week on our website and social media pages leading up to the grand prize announcement on May 31st. You have between now and May 28th to enter, so head over to calldixie.com to light the way with Dixie. Dixie. License number 15033. 
ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is SportsCenter. Hello there. I'm Mark Robbins. The NBA playoffs continue with two more games this evening. Philly at Boston in Game 5 with the series tied at 2. And Phoenix is at Denver. That series also 2-2. Phoenix going again without Chris Paul. Third straight game he's out dealing with a groin injury. Phoenix has won the last two. And Kendrick Perkins says the reason is Devin Booker. Perkins says Booker is the best player this postseason. And he's got numbers to prove it. Right now, D-Book is number one in transition points, number one in points on drives, number one in points on pull-ups in mid-range, number one in isolation points, and he's shooting 61% from the field for the entire postseason. That's Kendrick Perkins on ESPN's first take. We got a pair of Game 4s in the Stanley Cup playoffs coming up a little bit later on on ESPN beginning 7 p.m. Eastern with Carolina at New Jersey. Hurricanes lead that series 2-1. Colorado set for playing at Seattle 9:30 Eastern. The Avalanche lead the series two games to one. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can help you protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV and RV and more. And if something wasn't mentioned that you had in mind, find out if it can be covered at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Because it probably can be. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in to hour number two of The Drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill here in the studio with Drew at the controls. Love for you to join in on this uh, wet Tuesday afternoon. We got a uh, got a nice rain. Had a little uh, thunder. It moved on through though. So hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully that's it for the day. It's sort of like summer like weather. You know, get warm, humidity build up, and then a little uh, cloud burst, and and then it moves on. So hopefully that's moved on. We we uh, we needed a little bit of the rain. I know my car did. I just cleaned it a couple of weeks, about a week and a half ago, and then it sprinkled one time, and it just got spotted and everything. So good, uh, needed that, and the, and of course the uh, all the plants and everything needed as well. But welcome in hour number two of the Tuesday drive. The bottom of the hour, Jake Crane of Crane and Company will be joining me. We'll get his thoughts on you know the the transfer portal, uh, you know where Auburn stands now, both football and basketball wise. There in the portal, as you know, that the player movement continues. And, uh, you know, right now we're on a little bit of a hold. We were talking some basketball there at the, uh, as we approach the top of the hour, we can do a little more of that, give you some of the, uh, um, you know, what, what Auburn's waiting for, what they'd like to try to fill out their roster, uh, and more. Love for you to join in. We talked a good bit about football with Auburn picking up. Uh, yet another commitment from the transfer portal last night, and Jaden Muskrat, the uh, 6'3", 307-pound 
transfer from Tulsa, where he was the starting right tackle last year for Philip Montgomery. Uh, of course, you know, the Auburn offensive coordinator was the head coach of the Golden Hurricanes last year, and he has now been able to bring both of his starting offensive tackles in. Dylan Wade was uh, here and went through spring and came out of spring as the starting left tackle, and Auburn had been pursuing uh, Jaden Muskrat. Arkansas really pushing as well. Muskrat, a native of Bentonville, Arkansas, and Sam Pittman and the Hogs really wanted Jaden Muskrat. He was uh, pursued by quite a few different schools, but uh, he announced last night that he is committed to Auburn, and it'll be interesting to see where he winds up. Is he a, uh, does he stay at tackle? You know, he, he appears to have more guard size, but uh, you just don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see what Coach Montgomery decides to do with him, but it does add another experienced player there on the offensive line. And, uh, man, it is hard to, um, hard, there's no way we would have imagined when Hugh Freeze took over, that Auburn would have an offensive line as experienced and what appears to be one of the strengths of this Auburn, for sure, the Auburn offense. Uh, we, we, we'll look at that here in just a little while. Love for you to join in here in hour number two of the Tuesday Drive and the second hour of the show brought to you as usual by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika, on the web at orthoclinic.com. And uh, you can get through by calling the Kia of Auburn hotline, Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text us on the drive text box, which is brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, and the uh, text number is 334-564-1840. Looking up ESPN right now, running a story, as it's crazy, There have there been any mention of gambling in college baseball before the Alabama uh, news a week and a half ago? Not that I can recall. I mean, that came up. And we didn't know what was going to come of that. Next thing you know, um, Brad Bohannon is fired. Turns out he was involved. Uh, reports that he was um, he was uh, giving information to uh, some friends of his to be placing bets. And then, you know, now Iowa and Iowa State involved. Their investigations going on at Iowa and Iowa State. But this is different. This is not the coach and some uh, information that could be regarding his team. This is something the NCAA has always said you can't do. If you're a college athlete, you cannot gamble on sports. And the Iowa and Iowa State players have allegedly you know, tried to get ways around, you know, draft king, uh, fan king, you know, the, the, yeah. just some of these sites thinking that they could, they could go in and perhaps place bets, not on their team. So it's nothing to do with, you know, throwing games or fixing games or, or betting on their own teams. It's being involved in any kind of sports betting at all. So we will see, but it's, it's crazy that after, you know, 
such big news, a surprise news about gambling and college baseball that we have more. But uh, but apparently at uh, now I don't recall is it I don't remember if it was Iowa or Iowa State. I think it's Iowa State. This doesn't just involve student athletes who are baseball players. It involves football, basketball, and baseball. And uh, and we will see what happens. But this is not that's not good news uh, when when there's an investigation going on like that. All right. Again, we got all kinds of things we can talk about. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That's the Kia of Auburn hotline. And let's get to it. And John is up first. Hey, John. Hey, good afternoon. Good to be on with you. Just wanted to. Yeah, man, it's been a long it. time. I know, I know. And I owe you one, too, because I've had a good story to tell because you helped me out with something. I got to go in the ESPN booth with the Braves when they were in Disney in spring training, and that's been a fun story. I got to meet a lot of people, and I appreciate you doing that. Oh, yeah. You interviewed the guy, and I got to, I got to meet a bunch of people, Mark Lemke and Sutton and all of them. Oh, that's great. Because you did the, I turned it over to you, and you interviewed Buck. Right. The one that does the radio now, and uh, I had fun. They fed me and everything. Oh, that's great! <laughs> what a that, that is great. a great story. Yeah, it is pretty fun. So, any of my fledgling fledgling career, because my little sports showed it, and Prattle didn't last but a couple of years, and it went to Hispanic. So, I couldn't do that, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I was. Yeah, I'd have I'd have a tough that. time now. I'd catch a word every once in a while. That'd be about it. Yeah. Yeah, but to my point, there's one thing that's a fact that I know. Money always corrupts. And with what we've had with the changes over the years with college, college athletics, and, and I know people won't say they want the kids to get money and all this kind of stuff, but with the TV deals and the coaches being multimillionaires and all the things, you know, I'll tell you the story, but you, with all of those things, we're going to continue to hear more situations like we have with gambling at Alabama and, and with the baseball team and all of that. That's going to become, I think, prevalent. You know, I had not really uh, thought be- about that, but I guess, you know, just having more money in your hand uh, or the ability to have money uh, makes it much more tempting to uh, see if you can't make more out of that. People have always – people, you know – 99 out of 100 people you meet really like money. Oh, yeah. And, I, and since we're flawed human beings I don't beings even know anyway, if I know that 100th person. I don't know either, but I've known a few that didn't care. But uh, it's, it's still, um, I think we're in a situation where we're going to hear more gambling issues. We're going to hear more. Uh, we will, here's what I predict, too. There's going to be some college kid that doesn't get what he's supposed to get on NIL, and he's going to sue the university yep. or sue somebody, whoever's in charge of that. That's going to happen. You're absolutely right about uh, that. And there are going to be lawyers that, that want their money. We've got a lot of lawyers out there, and they're all after it, too. So my point is is that I just don't like college athletics like I used to like college athletics. Well, you're not the only and one. I'm still, you know, I, I, it bugs me, and it's just not as much fun. It doesn't. I'm not saying it was Lily White pure as the driven snow, even back in the '80s when I was at Auburn. And who? I think John. John getting into a uh, pure then saving. Then it is. 
Yeah, we're losing you a little bit there, John. Sound like you went through a bad, a little bad area. Are you, are you still with me? Uh, we may have lost him now. I understand what he's saying, though. I mean, a lot of folks feel that way. The thing is, Pandora's out of the box now. Uh, you're not going to be able to get it back in. I think, and, and I think that, um, a, a lot of coaches and administrators feel like the, eventually there's going to have to be some kind of limitations that, that are set to try to at least keep it, keep things even, put some, uh, put some caps on there. Again, I, I don't want to keep anyone from getting what they earn, but I mean, you look now and what NIL was supposed to be, it's not what it is now. It was going to be, if, if you are a big, the bigger name you are and have made of yourself, the more you can make. And that, that's the way it should be. But now it's become, uh, incentives to get players to go to school at certain places. I mean, you're, you're, if you're following the transfer portal any right now, you're hearing about some players that, well, they're not interested in this school because they're not making the, the NIL wouldn't be quite as much. And, um, I mean, some of these guys aren't, they're not exactly household names yet. Um, and, and it's, it's become more of a bidding war. And, and John's absolutely right. There's going to be somebody. I'm so almost surprised that it hasn't really happened. Almost happened with the quarterback. Uh, but he's able, able to get a, a, a good deal somewhere else. But I mean, it's going to happen where somebody is going to say, look, I'm supposed to be getting this money and it's not supposed to be performance based. And that is absolutely right. But there are going to be some people that, that don't want to give that money to the to the player if he's not producing. So yeah, it's a mess, uh, but it is what it is right now. And I think I think Auburn's doing a, a great job of dealing with that. Everybody has to try to deal with it. Now you better not act like well we don't want to be involved with that. Fans may not be as crazy about it, but that's the way it is. And until there are some parameters put in, um, you you just have to have to operate best as you can under the certain rules and circumstances that we have appreciate the call john sorry we lost you it was good hearing from you hadn't heard from john in a long time 334-321-1390 and terry is up next hey terry hey bill how's it going man pretty good good uh bill when you were talking about the young man from tulsa must got the this kind of like mm-hmm. kind of like a bit like a guard used to six three about 300 pounds right do you think the Auburn coaching staff did a sales job that you may be listed as a tackle, but we think your future is a guard. If you want to play at the next level, this is where you're going to be. This is where you think you can contribute to this team. Because we really like our situation at tackle. Uh, I really don't know how they handle that, but mm-hmm. uh, I think they must have done a, a very good job because Arkansas looked like they had an opening, perhaps a tackle. Now I don't know. Maybe Ark. Maybe Sam Pittman told him the same thing. Maybe Sam Pittman said, "Yeah, we've got an opening to tackle, but but you look more like a uh, more like a guard, or you may have a, a future in the pros as a guard." I mean, you know, maybe he comes in this fall. Maybe Muskrat comes in this summer and competes for that tackle spot. Because remember, there was a lot of speculation that Gunnar Britton might move in into guard back before he won the right tackle spot. And Philip Montgomery does know this guy is a right tackle. He played right tackle for him last year. So maybe he competes first there at right tackle and the, um, the, the guy who doesn't win the job slides into right guard. And Braden Smith was a right tackle for a while, wasn't he? He's more like six, three, isn't he? 
Uh, no, Braden's every bit of six six. Oh, okay. I, okay. Well, I didn't know. Um, that, that's got guard written all over it. And Auburn has more of a pressing need there because you need somebody opposite Jeremiah Wright. And you made a great point there earlier. If they get a chance to, to, to redshirt a guy for a future, why not? Sure. Oh, I mean, man, what, what a luxury. All of a sudden, Auburn has 15 offensive linemen and the possibility of a 16th if they get Markel Bell. And a lot of these guys, uh, you know, are not in their last year. Looking along the offensive line, uh, the only guys who are in their last year of eligibility this year are Cam Stutz and Gunnar Britton. Everybody else, well, Jaleel Irvin. Uh, but the other 12 could come back for at least one more year. Well, no offense to Jaleel Irvin, but Connor Lowe's probably your next center, let's be honest. Yeah, Jaleel actually is uh, was working more at guard than he was center. Okay. Well, that's a nice problem to have. It's been a long time since I've been had that problem. No, you're not <laughs> kidding. Luxury, not it a problem. It has been. It's been a while. <laughs> Take care, Bill. Appreciate the call, Terry. 334-321-1390. We need to get to our first break. Jerry, Susan, you'll be up when we come back here on the Tuesday Drive. Hey, Auburn Opelika. Tay Gibbs here with Fairway Auto Brokers. Join us on Friday, May 5th through Saturday, May 13th for our window tag tent sale. Hundreds of vehicles marked down on location only. Grab your family and head over to Fairway Auto Brokers for our window tag tent sale. Friday, May 6th through Saturday, May 13th. Wings 94.3 will be live on site Saturday, May 6th and May 13th, along with free food Saturday and thousands of dollars in giveaway prizes. Don't forget, friends, Fairway Auto Brokers, located at East Glen, across the street from Akata. Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill here in the studio with Drew at the controls and back to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And Jerry is next. Hey, Jerry. Hey, Bill. Uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to the baseball team this weekend for taking the series from LSU. That, that was a, an accomplishment. Oh, absolutely. LSU hadn't lost a series all year long. And uh, Auburn dropped the opener on Friday night. I mean, that really put the pressure on them. Uh, but but uh, um, I thought I mean, a great, you know, they, they got off to a slow start on Saturday. But but then yeah. were able to take advantage and hang on. And then um, to run rule LSU on Sunday was... Uh, was just amazing. This this team is really playing well. They they've got a lot of confidence right now. The pitching has started to step up. Auburn's always been able to swing the bats, and they've been solid defensively all year. Yeah, they they're topping out at the right time. Oh no, no question. That's what you want to do. I mean, in in basketball and baseball especially, it's going to be more important in football now that we're going to go eventually to twelve teams in the playoffs. I know that that bothers some people and going to say that well, not an early season loss should should matter a lot. It won't be a, as bad, but in baseball, uh, just like in basketball, when you're playing a long schedule, it's getting hot and being you know getting on a roll at the right time. And that's what Butch and Auburn have done a couple of times in the past. 
and looks like they're getting ready to do that. Hopefully they're able to to continue it this weekend. Love to get a win tonight, although it's not the most important thing in the world. You've got to have pitchers saved for the trip to Ole Miss this weekend. But if they can they can uh, win the series this weekend, continue that momentum, then that's uh, that's going to be really good for them as they look to the postseason. And you know what? If they win, if they win enough here over the next couple of weekends uh, against Ole Miss and Missouri, it's not out of the uh, not out of the realm of possibility that Auburn might be able to host a regional. Hey, that would be great. Uh, one other thing about the college football playoff, uh, I'm encouraged about expanding it because I'm tired of seeing the same four teams. Oh, you're not alone. <laughs> you know, we uh, there are a lot of good teams out there that have have a chance. Yeah, they may not may not go all the way, but there'll be some upsets. There's no question. Yeah, I agree. Great show. Appreciate the call, Jerry. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. And Susan is up next. Hey, Susan. Hey. Hey, how are you doing? Bill? I'm doing fine. So I want to want to bring up something. Uh-huh. Remember when SMU got the death penalty way back when? Mm-hmm. They weren't betting on games. Why isn't Alabama getting some very harsh sanctions by the NCAA? Well, first of all, I mean it's just getting started. We've got to we've got to see exactly what does come out of this. But uh, uh, if it's you know if if, if it's Brad Bohannon. Um, giving some some tips to his friends and i mean that, that's still but remember be... what happened to smu smu they were killed for almost 40 years they're still not that good oh you're right they you're right but... and it wasn't really fair they were horrible to them oh no and the, well and a, lot I... of other school, a lot of other schools were doing it then if people are betting on games no they need to have some serious sanctions on that university oh you're well well they're I'm sure there I'm sure that you know when when this thing is determined and we find out exactly what it is if that's the case um the first thing you know it's going to happen I mean is that uh that Brad Bohannon's career is done and we've already right. we've mentioned that um if there's no hint that anybody else was doing anything I don't know that the NCAA well first of all the NCAA doesn't want to give the death penalty to anybody again uh, they they regret, they regret they regret doing that to SMU because it was yeah. much more damaging than even they thought. Um, oh, it's horrible. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, what you've got to be concerned about is just there's so many different things that from all different sports and different areas that appear to just be um, embarrassments there at the University of Alabama. But, yeah, they've got to be concerned that if there was anything else going on, Besides yeah, just I'm the head like, coach, I mean the things. Not, go ahead. I'm athletic, sorry. Director, athletic director has not been fired. I mean, after all of this, I mean, you have people that are in prison or in jail for attempted murder. Come on. Well, there. Why hasn't this guy been fired? Uh, he's he his seat has got to be hot. I mean, there's no question about it. The thing that's really surprising is, you know, he really hasn't said anything. He hasn't he hasn't spoken to the media and said, "Look, uh, here's an isolated incident or whatever, whatever he wants to say about things." But there needs to be. Um, this spring has been a disaster for Alabama. I mean, it really has. There's been there's been a football there's been a football recruit that yep. uh, that that was you know you know that that's that's been in the news. Then you had the basketball right. situation, and now baseball. It's just been a mess. 
and it yeah. needs it something needs to at least try to you know try, try to put some sense to this um but but yeah i mean the ncaa's got to be sitting there watching you don't know how many how much teeth the ncaa have anymore i would say <laughs> That the Iowa it wasn't and, like back in the day. Oh yeah, you're like not kidding. Oh no, no kidding. No, no, no. They they would be like down there, but the Iowa thing is like Iowa and Iowa State. Uh, the, those situations with multiple players gambling and betting. I yeah. mean, now the thing is, it seems innocent because they they say your student athletes should be treated like regular regular students. Well, regular students can bet. They can they can. Uh, uh, I mean, the NCAA doesn't want anybody involved in a, you know, March Madness bracket. Uh, you know, okay. so it it does seem a little crazy to expect that, you know, 18 to 22-year-olds can't go put $5 on on some game that work. doesn't involve themselves. But that's the NCAA right. rule. Right. What we do at work, hey, there's a March Madness. Okay, let me put five dollars in. Okay, everybody at work does it. You know. Remember, Rick Neuheisel got got fired because of being in a pool like that. I know it's well, it's crazy. Like I'm not a player. I'm doing you know, it's my work. People go, hey, let's put down five dollars. Okay, here's the pool. Whatever. So, but we are sort of in a state where you can legally gamble. Now, I don't think Alabama no. you cannot gamble. Is that no, correct? Okay. not yet. So no. I'm gonna say you, I'm gonna say you can do that. So it's just different. Mm-hmm. But it's weird. It's like, you think about these things, like, there are repercussions for everything. And, like, you can go to Georgia, you can bet legally. You can go to Mississippi, you can bet legally. Sure. So, you know, Florida. I just don't yeah, know you can, go, you can go everywhere around. That's that's exactly right. And, and you can drive your car down there and put it mm-hmm. in. But I just was curious, like, there has to be something done. Well, and I'm, I'm just, sure that, yeah, we haven't heard the end of this. Just, just letting Brad Bohannon go isn't going to be the end of it. So... Uh, just stay tuned. All right, I will. And I, I'm, you know, I can't believe it. It's just unbelievable what's happening at the University of Alabama. But I'm so happy we have John Cohen. We got Hugh Freeze now. We're doing good. We're finally on the right track. Things sure seem that way. All right, War Eagle. Thank you. Appreciate the call, Susan. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Again, uh, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break here in about a minute. And uh, Jake Crane of Crane and Company will join us. Yeah, we'll we'll get his thoughts now. Jake was a you know he was an athlete. He was a college athlete, and you know now he's now he's on the uh, you know on the media side. Get his thoughts on gambling and how it's strange that it's popped up in baseball. But obviously, want to get his thoughts on the transfer portal, Auburn's additions, and more. And that's coming up on the other side, so stick with us for the final half hour of the Tuesday Drive.
The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final 25 minutes here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill here in the studio. Dan is uh, on his way to Montgomery to Riverwalk Stadium where Troy and Alabama are playing baseball tonight. Meanwhile, up at uh, Regents of Birmingham, Auburn and Sanford will be playing this evening. But uh, right now, here on The Drive, it's time for us to uh, welcome in our regular Tuesday afternoon guest and a good friend of the show. And that, of course, is Jake Crane of Crane & Company. Hey, Jake, how you doing today? Man, I'm doing great, guys. How are y'all doing? Doing, doing pretty well. Uh, we were just just had a caller and and wanted to get your thoughts on this. I mean, um, a week and a half ago, yeah, I guess it was just I guess it was just last week, wasn't it, when the news broke about uh, the investigation, the uh, Alabama baseball, Brad Bohannon. Then then last Thursday, Brad Bohannon is fired, and it's like. Wow, this, you know, when I first heard it, I thought, yeah, you know, what could be, what, what could there be with the, with the, maybe the possibility of somebody, somebody placed a bigger bet on college baseball than norm. I don't know what the normal betting on college baseball is. I've never known it to be anything exorbitant during the regular season, but Brad Bohannon now gone in Alabama and uh, almost immediately after that, here comes news that Iowa and Iowa State are uh, investigating gambling with baseball, but this time it involves the athletes and the student athletes. Uh, apparently, at Iowa and Iowa State are not just uh, baseball players. But my first question is, Jake, had had you ever heard was was there ever much talk about gambling in college baseball? Well, you know, not really. I mean, again, it, it, this really just started. You just started really being able to bet on college baseball not too long ago. And and look, whenever you're you're starting new things like this, and we see more states that are open up to gambling, as as sad as it is, just like anything, uh, there's still somewhat uh, of of not a black market, but but people trying to find a way to cheat the system. And mm-hmm. this is one of the worries when you introduced it. And, and you know, I was I was hoping. Uh, that maybe this was a, a very isolated incident, especially when you're talking about dealing with uh, student athletes. You know, athletes. You know, coaches is it's wild uh, seeing a coach uh, get taken down for it is crazy. But now you see within two different institutions, and it's kind of kind of wide ranging, uh, and and it really makes you kind of sit back and wonder a little bit. But I, I, I want to just give it up to uh, you know changing and and being able to bet on it. Uh, I, I don't I don't think it was just the um, the amount, I, I think it was, was, you know, that this was the only person to really bet on the game in the state of Ohio. Really? I think if you have a big enough game, yeah, if you have a big enough game, then there's ways to hide it, right? It's, it's one thing, uh, to, to, uh, you know, talk about betting on a game number one versus number two. It's another game when you're talking about an, an unranked team versus a ranked team or something like that. So I, I just want to 
want to leave it to progress, but who knows? I'm hoping this doesn't get any deeper, but uh, it sure caught on quickly after the Alabama situation. Yeah, you're not kidding. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, and I'm sure that had to be flagged when somebody walks up to uh, the, the stadium there in Cincinnati where the Reds aren't even playing and does a parlay with the Reds and the A's and Alabama and LSU. And probably, yeah, they're going, Alabama, LSU, wait, is the, the football's not going on right now. So, so yeah, so, I mean, well, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's- if it smells funny and it and it looks funny, they're going to flag it, and they did. And and you know, you look at, at the surveillance video they allegedly have saying there was communication. But this thing at Iowa and Iowa State, I, I feel like it could be pretty deep. Yeah, you're not kidding. Um, that that is something uh, we're not done. There's 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 a lot yeah. more I think that we're going to find yeah. out about that. So we'll just sort of we'll we'll wait and see what happens there. Hey, speaking of college baseball, and I know we don't talk a whole lot of college baseball, but uh, but uh, the, Auburn is uh, Auburn looks like they're they're picking things up the way they like down the stretch. Uh, impressive the last two weekends, knocking off two of the top five teams in the country: South Carolina at their place, and then LSU this past weekend. I mean, you talk about getting two big series when you need them the most. I, I'm pretty sure going into these last, you know, before these last two weekends, Auburn was projected not to make the field. You look up now, and they're a two seed in some regions, and people are talking thrown around words like host and, mm-hmm. and Plainsman Park. And look, the hitting seems like it's been there all year, right? It, 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 it's now finally that the pitching has, has started to do their job, especially the bullpen. I mean, what's been Auburn's biggest bugaboo? Uh, I mean, they're hitting at a very high clip. It's been pitching, not just starting pitching. And look, they've had, they've had people getting hurt. Joseph Gonzalez was a big loss. But finding a way to be a balanced baseball team, I don't care what sport it is, if it's baseball, if it's basketball, if it's football, if it's Quidditch or underwater basket weaving. Balance is what's going to sustain you and give you a chance to win regularly, especially in a postseason playoff-type format. So we always talk about getting hot late, right? Yep. We talk about it a ton in college basketball. Man, these guys are hot, ran through the conference tourney. They're going into the, the NCAA tournament hot. It seems Auburn may have figured it out at the right time. And in baseball, who knows once you get to the playoff season. That's exactly right, and I mean Auburn's been to two of the last three uh, college yeah. World Series, so uh, don't don't count them out. Definitely want to get your thoughts. It has been a busy time. There were a lot of Auburn fans wondering, "Hey, what's going on? It's really slow here in the transfer portal this spring. It has really picked up now. Auburn getting, I believe, its fourth commitment in the last week. Yesterday from Jaden Muskrat, the offensive lineman from Tulsa. But but they've got their quarterback now in Peyton Thorne. They picked up a receiver yeah. in Caleb Burton. They've got an edge rusher in uh, Jalen McLeod. Just talk about the the uh, momentum and, and what some of these additions you think will mean to this roster. Well, it's massive. I, I mean, you look at the way the transfer portal now helps teams kind of you know flip that house and, and get competitive quickly with a new coaching staff. And look, you don't want to build the whole ship out of the transfer portal. You just want to plug up holes in it with the transfer portal. And if you ask me and everybody in the world that knows what they're looking at, what are the, what are the biggest positions of need for Auburn? Well, you needed a legitimate quarterback. Not that Robbie Ashford can't play or Holden Garrett or doesn't have a good future, but you need a legit competition in there. Peyton Thorne coming in, throwing 49 touchdown passes in his career, seven times what Auburn has in the quarterback room. At worst, it gives you a legitimate competition. Mm-hmm. Now, does he, does he run well enough? Uh, to be able to make people respect the RPO offense that I believe Auburn's going to run, we're going to see. Right. But whenever you create competition, iron sharpens iron. Now, when you look at the wide receiver position, 
huge upgrades right now, and I don't think they're done. I'll never get upset about getting a wide receiver from Ohio State. No. Just for some reason, those guys end up turning out well. But the offensive line has been upgraded from a D-minus student to right now with Muskrat, you could look at it and say Auburn has a top five, top six offensive line in the SEC, which we haven't been able to say for a while because these guys are proven commodities. So hats off to Hugh Freeze and his staff for addressing needs with players that it seems doesn't only fit the ability to be able to play and add depth, but the mindset of what he wants at Auburn. So I'm telling you right now, guys, they had they just released the Auburn, speaking about betting, they just released the over-under on Auburn's win totals in DraftKings at six and a half. I would pound that over. There may be a couple more times rolled at Toomer's Corner than what people thought going into this year. Yeah, I thought I think that uh, six and a half looks looks really uh, really, really good right, right now. I mean, right for the picking, baby. No kidding. I mean, uh, the um, yeah. As far as receivers, yeah, I, I think that Auburn. Uh, I think Auburn's in, in pretty good shape to add at least one, probably two more receivers. Yeah, you know, you look at Keon Coleman, uh, the wide receiver from Michigan State, that obviously has really good rapport uh, with Peyton Thorne. That'd be a big addition. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but look, it, just adding guys that can let you spread it out more offensively. I think you've got guys that, that are speed guys. You've got some big guys like Camden Brown that can turn the 50-50 balls into 70-30 balls, and we know about the tight end room at Auburn. So I think uh, it's starting to look a whole lot more like a team that is going to be able to not only compete off the cuff, but when you have the, the attrition that you're going to always have, injuries, things happening, that's what that's what helps sustain during the regular season as crazy as the SEC season is. But this Auburn roster, man, it, they're in a much better spot than they were uh, even three weeks ago. Oh, you're, you're not kidding. Talking with Jake Crane of Crane & Company here on the Tuesday Drive. Um, and, and one of the things that Hugh Freeze said is, Yes, this year Auburn's going to have to rely much more on the transfer portal. Um, You don't want to have to be doing that every year, but when you're coming in and you had as many holes as Auburn had and you had as many depth problems as the Tigers did, I think it's been uh, this has been an amazing job of filling those holes. Uh, I mean, yeah, look, I mean, they have more holes than Camp Greenlake at the end of the day, but it's it's not just about, and Hugh Freeze talked about this, It's not just about going out and grabbing guys to grab guys. You know, you want it to be calculated. Yes, you want to build depth. Yes, you want to have the most readily uh, bodies available to be able to go out there and compete. But But it's amazing what just bringing in a couple guys that don't fit what you want to do from a mindset or mental standpoint can poison a locker room, especially if it's what I call the mercenary uh, part of the portal where you're bringing somebody in for one year to fill a role. But I tell you what, it's not just the transfer portal. Look at the way that Auburn's recruiting high school right now and the way they are setting up. And even some of these kids commenting on the difference between Hugh Freeze and he who must not be named. Oh, you're you're absolutely right. And hey, and one one other thing about the transfer portal, uh, I believe of the 16 guys that that, uh, Hugh Freeze has brought in, 12 of them have more eligibility than just this year. Oh, for sure. That's one of the best parts about Peyton Thorne as well. I mean, these are guys that if you go in there and take a few bumps and a few bruises early, they can come back and you have good experience. So I I just think it's been very calculated. It's been very smart. And what you're seeing is what happens when you have somebody that understands and knows how to identify the importance of roster structure. We talk about it all the time in the NFL, but nobody talks about it in college football, really. It's, oh, we got this five-star recruit. Well, that's great. Did you lose? 
your left tackle the same year you lost your quarterback? Did you lose your edge rushers the same year you lost your two best corners? It's setting up the roster to not lose too much in, you know, in, in, comp- in compounding each other in important positions at the same time. That's why it's so crazy to look at Alabama right now and realize, hey, not only do they have a brand new quarterback, they're breaking in a brand new left tackle. Yeah. And that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, and that's something that, that many times pollsters, the, the, the people that are voting in the polls and things like that, look at some of the star numbers or they don't look at really what the team is going to look like right now, where the, where the holes and questions are. That's, that's a great point there, Jake. Hey, Jake, I wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, right now, uh, I would think Auburn fans may be a little more concerned about basketball, and that is crazy to think they're wondering about how that roster is going to fill out than they are the football roster. Yeah, and, and look, fan is short for fanatical, and there's reasons. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you look at, at some of the guys, Matthew Cleveland going to Miami. Right. Uh, obviously, this Auburn roster isn't set yet. I'm very interested to see what, what the Lawrence kid from Vanderbilt, now that George is full, mm-hmm. uh, which I never thought we, you know, we'd really be talking about kids you know, taking Georgia over Auburn, uh, especially with the way Auburn recruits Georgia. I think Auburn may add him to the roster, but listen, there's, there's a lot of people all question in this life. All right, but when it comes down to it, I'm not questioning Bruce Pearl and basketball. The man took Auburn from the outhouse to the penthouse. Let the guy cook. Oh, yeah, and, and what one of the reasons that things are taking a little long is Jani Broom and Tyron Lawrence are at the, uh, uh, the, at the G League Elite Camp, and that thing runs through this weekend. So, you know, nobody's going to – Tyron Lawrence isn't going to make a commitment somewhere while he's playing for an opportunity, hopefully, to get drafted. Yeah, and I don't. I don't think Janai Broom is is a guy that's you know going to wow anybody. Uh, I, I like his game. I think he's a really good college player. I think he could get more than a cup of coffee. But if he comes back, we know what that does for Auburn's front court. Look, the the, the biggest thing to me is it. It seems that Auburn had not lost that scrappy edge, but but kind of that you know get after you all the time underdog type player that plays big in big moments. And you want the best players. Nobody's saying you go out there and say, you know what, we're taking two stars, that's it. We'll be short and slow and go win it. But but they do need to kind of get back to, to getting them what got them there. And I know Bruce Pearl knows that. And look, losing Coach Flanagan, that's a big deal. It's like in football, losing one of your best recruiters. It's not the easiest thing to just plug a guy in there and say, all right, man, you're just as good as the last guy. So I'm going to trust Bruce Pearl. He's earned at least that. And we'll see where the chips fall. Well, and, and I like the two guys that they've added sort of fit into what you're talking about. And uh, uh, the, the transfers from UAH and Florida International that are Alabama natives, you know, and, and Cheney Johnson and Denver Jones are guys that I think are really going to help. And they're, they're guys that I think uh, still feel like they've got a little chip on their shoulder, a little uh, have something to prove. Yeah, look, the Cheney kid's a very reliable player. And, and if you haven't seen Denver Jones from FIU, this dude's a walking bucket. From the outside and the inside, he's really smooth with it. Uh, he's, he's, he's explosive, but he's also he's able to handle the ball. He can play defense, but when it comes to explosive scores, he's a guy that you can look up and he'll drop a 35-piece on you with some Cajun fries and honey biscuits. Yeah, and that's something Auburn hasn't had. I mean, they've added, and if they can get Tyron Lawrence, I think they're yeah. they're in great shape there on the perimeter. We got to be able to shoot, man. Yep. Like we need to be able to shoot again. Make make Auburn shoot again. 
I like it. I like it. Uh, <laughs> hey, Jake, just about out of time. What what have you got cooking there on Crane and Company? Oh, a ton of stuff, man. We did, we just went through the SEC. We took our locks over and under uh, win totals on the regular season. Uh, talking everything playoffs right now. Had Riley Gaines on today. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff coming down the pipe. Some big-time guests as well. So just go to YouTube, type C-R-A-I-N-N, company in, and, and check us out each morning, man. I think you'll enjoy it. Absolutely. Jake, great stuff. Always appreciate it, man. Have a great week. You guys as well. Thank you all. Jake Crane joining me as he does uh, here on The Drive every Tuesday at around 530. Yeah, check him out. I mean, it's, uh, I, I will, uh, I'll check out a lot of Jake's stuff. It's great. It is, it is great. And, uh, he, he's, uh, you know, we just got to get him excited sometimes. You know, just, uh, stop being so laid back. We'll get to our final break here of the afternoon. Stick with me here on the Tuesday Drive. The drive continues. 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 The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final few minutes here on this Tuesday afternoon. And let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And Mitch is up. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Bill. Um, getting back to the, the whole NIL thing where it was, you know, the, the superstars could make money, but now it's like trying to get guys into certain schools and stuff. I was, I was just thinking maybe uh, kind of do like they do with uh, 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 coaches have like uh, – uh, incentives for different things if you accomplish them uh you know you can make this much money but you got to get through these thresholds kind of like with coaches like if you win the west you get a bonus if you win the sec championship game you get a bonus if you're in the playoffs you get a bonus national championship bonus but maybe something like that to where you're gonna make this much money no matter what but if you do these other things you can make up to this much well, if you do that, though, if you do that, it would really, that wouldn't be NIL. It wouldn't be based on your name, image, and likeness. It would, it would definitely yeah. be performance based. And that, that would, that would much more be something that would come under, uh, you know, an employment contract, which is what they don't want right now, uh, which is one of the things that, coaches some coaches and administrators would really like to have just go ahead and have them be employees and if they're employees then they then yes it could be performance based and it could all be you know over the table not under okay well i mean these these nils like uh, all these guys that have nils are like are they on radio spots or television commercials that's what we thought they were going to be but now i mean you have the collectives that are doing things like at texas a&m guaranteeing offensive linemen a certain amount of money and things like that that's why the you know i really think it's going to have to be a situation where they're employees and you're going to have to say okay here's your salary then it's going to be something like that because now it's got well what collective has more money or which one still has more money left when an outstanding player's left and visiting there toward the end? Okay, so like, well, like you said, it's a hot mess. And, and like, well, well who would be the best person to, to maybe figure this out? Would it be like a, 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 a seasoned sports agent or accountant or 
lawyer? I mean, who, who would be the one that could they could like put this on? That's a really good question. Maybe something. somebody who's dealt with <laughs> with labor organizations or something. I, I, that's a really good question. I've heard a lot of people say Greg Sankey should be the commissioner of college football. Uh, and I think he'd be a good one, but I think you would still need somebody who had dealt with labor negotiations or something like that in there trying to, trying to make those, uh, um, parameters, I guess. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, like with my company, I, I mean, I get a safety bonus every, every quarter, every three months yeah. for being safe because I work around electricity and water and, and sometimes <laughs> right. at the same time. Yeah. They, they don't mix. Right. No, no. So, so yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad I don't have to worry about it or, or try to figure it out. But thanks for taking my call, Bill. Worry, Appreciate the call, Mitch. Yep. Fun show here today on this Tuesday. Dan will be back tomorrow. Jason Caldwell should be with us. Uh, now he's on the road.